This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Are you looking for a highly professional established vehicle rental service and shuttle service where client satisfaction is a priority? Look no further. MLT Car Hire is committed to delivering quality low-mileage vehicles to suit your budget. MLT Car Hire also specializes in mini and long leases for individuals and corporates as well as staff transport and airport transfers with offices at the airport and in the Helderberg area. We are proud members of Satsa, Fedhaza and Cape Town Tourism. MLT Car Hire delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to MLT Car Hire and Tours for our full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook. Today we're chatting to three interesting chefs from diverse experiences, all female and all taking the Cape Town food scene by storm. In some instances, the chef draws customers to their restaurant and the more visible the chef and the more they come out of the kitchen to meet and connect with customers they cook for, the more interesting the experience become. Restaurants are indeed changing the way they work in attracting more customers by making their chefs visible and it's commonplace for customers to be able to see a chef at work. Chefs are in essence creatives. They are food creators and they expand the customer experience. They're constantly experimenting and creating new dishes to expand the food experience of clients and new dishes and trendy food are introduced and seasonal changes are made to restaurant menus. At the end of the day, chefs have the end customer in mind, cooking food that they will enjoy and return for over and over again. Chefs have played an important role in the kitchen in terms of the operational running of a kitchen, the business success of a commercial kitchen, benefiting the local community and for employing local talent, but also responding to broader social needs like food wastage and hunger, real pressing issues for us. We all know that without chefs, there would be a considerable gap in the world. After all, much of life happens around food and socialization something we all need to survive and create in a way that elevates our experience of a particular event or memory. And usually memory is associated with the type of food we were eating at the time. And it's clear that today's chefs play a vital role more than ever because they are no longer hidden away in the kitchen cooking. How often do we go to a restaurant and see live action chef at work, chef who is now not just that person that's behind the scenes, but celebrity chefs are coming more and more into their own and they're becoming more visible in restaurants and are also through their work making a huge difference in the societies where they live, whether it's through job creation or mentorship or simply creating beautiful experiences for people to come to visit. We're chatting this afternoon with Faldila Tolka. She has quite a reputation 
for being the leader when it comes to all things Cape Malay cooking. And uh, she sits in that beautiful part of the Western Cape, which is colorful and and amazing and is known for all of those multicolored houses. Faldila is not only a mother, but also a grandmother and has been doing cooking classes and tours for the last five years. And she is the sole director of Cooking with Love. And she's got quite a, a track record because she has represented South Africa at the Food and Wine Fair in Dijon in France and has done shows with Sarah Graham, Paul Hollywood, Ruben Riffle, and many other famous chefs. So mm. the Cape Malay community, as we know, is primarily descended from the Indonesian, Malaysian, and other Southeastern people, South Asian people, and uh, came as a result of our slave history with the Dutch East India Company in the 17th century. So, Faldila, as a local chef, we're very pleased to have you on the show. We're looking forward to learning about all things roti and samosas. And uh, we want to experience some of that magic, the magical spices of the East. So welcome and over to you, Faldila. Tell us all about cooking with love. Thank you, Janet. Um, it's a pleasure um, being here with you. Um, very honored, actually. Yeah, the Cape Malay cuisine is, as you know, it's one of the many cultures, cuisines in South Africa. Um, I started about 18 years ago. Cooking with Love was um, born in on the 4th of January, 10 years ago. And um, yeah, I just love it. I love sharing my culture, my traditions, and my knowledge about our Cape Malay food. And also our history about our Cape, um, about the Cape Town, the book up, the heritage, the beautiful, you know, is one amazing place to live in. And that is just one of the things that I love, sharing my history, my heritage, my culture. And yeah, so I started 18 years ago, being pregnant with my youngest daughter. And yeah, and then... It was um, one amazing experience. And over the 18 years, I've learned so much about people, about more about my culture, my traditions, that I was amazed to find out as time goes past about the spices of our beautiful uh, um, cuisine, about the, the heritage and the health benefits to it. We look at spices. And we think, ah, oh, you could just give flavor and color to the food. But really, it's really amazing what these spices are uh, um, good for. So, now, Faldila, I often wonder what it's like waking up in the workup with all that hustle and bustle. You know, I come there for various things. I come there for co-sisters. I come there to fix my shoes. I come there for all kinds of interesting shopping. But for you waking up there and being amongst the community every single day what is it like do you ever take it for granted or is it an adventure every single day well sometimes we do take it for granted and every day is like an adventure but as i always say janet um we are not always the same right sometimes we wake up we feel this um the zest for life to do anything, you can take on anything, and sometimes you wake up lethargic, you feel sick, you you know. But 
um, waking up in the morning, and, and as you know, we in the book up area, majority of us, we are up five o'clock, four, three o'clock, four, between three and five, we are up already um, for our early morning prayers. And when I stand by my window in the morning, so some mornings, then I feel this um, sea breeze coming on my way. I hear the, the birds chirping. And I look down my street and I, you know, see all those beautiful colors. And it's literally um, food for our souls. And then also then are, there are times when our roads are so fully packed with tourists and things like that, which is fine. Um, we enjoy people coming into our, our area. But then sometimes it's just a little bit overwhelming um, because you can't stand on your stoop. Then they take pictures of you. You sometimes they come onto your stoop um, without you know have any regard to your privacy and things like that. And we, um, as a book up community, we handle it with care, not in a rude way or um, whatever. We just tell them nicely, ma'am. You know this is private property. So, for example, Janet, if I take my people on a hawking tour. I tell them no children of pictures of children. That's my first priority. No job pictures of children. And um, if you want to take pictures, you ask the people. But waking up here, it's the most amazing thing. Living amongst the Pukup community, I tell you, I won't find a community like this any anyway. We are a community that cares about each other that are there for one another in sickness, in health, and in death. Um, we, in the month of Ramadan, that we, the month that we just had now, we had this um, sharing and caring tradition. People normally think that when we live in Boca or when we fast, we don't um, cook. But believe it or not, we cook more than what we... More than eat. normal, because part of the fun is Boca time and... You know, um, coming together for iftar and that beautiful long, long table. Yeah, um, one of and those I, things that I do. I love. hope you have came to experience the iftar that we had in the streets. Yes, I have, and it's quite amazing, Faldila. Yeah. You know, I went to lots of friends for iftar, and uh, it's just such a beautiful celebration. And maybe you must tell our listeners what it means. Uh, especially the iftar part and sharing with friends, because I think that is something so beautiful in the community and it, and it should be shared. It is. And I've actually heard now the other day that the uh, iftar in the street, actually, um, we are the trendsetters about the iftar in the street. Um, I know. It's now <laughs> happening everywhere. So, yes, you guys are iconic. You, it's it's yeah. starting to happen in other communities, which is so yeah. wonderful. And that is great. But the, the, the iftar, you know, um, because we um, went through, we are fighting a lot of things in the poker community, like gentrification, for example, and things like that. And so many other problems, daily problems that we go through. And then the community just decided they want to have an outside iftar. Organization is decided one day we're going to have an iftar in the street. And you know what? It was the beginning of something amazing. Whereas um, the whole of the pool cup comes together and 
it's more of a sharing thing. When we break our fast and in the month of Ramadan, it's all about sharing, giving charity. It's one of the five pillars in our religion is to share. And to break somebody's uh, um, fast, it is basically if I fast and somebody else invites me to come eat by their house, they get a reward of my fasting as well. So if we sit outside in in, uh, in the street and eat, and then my, we share with one another, everybody gets a reward. It is just not come sitting in the street and enjoy yourself. It's amazing. It's a the community come together is sharing of rewards, sharing of food, praying together, you know, and it's all and that. And that certainly creates a beautiful energy, Faldila. Can I tell you who I'm with? You know, I'm I'm recording today from the CTICC mm-hmm. because I had meetings in town. I went to a meeting at Westgrove and then at, CT, at the CTICC and I would never have made it back to the office mm-hmm. uh, at the airport to record. So... I'm actually sitting with Faslin Ferguson. Oh, um, lovely. And Faslin has brought something. I'm seeing something in foil here. So I don't know what it is because she said, oh, you know, we've got load shedding. And then I said, please just come down to the CTICC. It will be great to see. Oh, my goodness. Faslin just opened it and she's brought the most amazing Kusistas. Oh, so later. I'm going to look yeah, forward I also to want. You, you also know, Fazlin, to come down, you know exactly where we are. <laughs> yeah, you know, Fazlin is one of my colleagues, eh? Yes, I know. And how wonderful that she's, you know, that we, we normally record um, online like we're doing now. But it's always mm-hmm. so wonderful when somebody's there with you because it creates a different energy. So, yeah, Faldila, yeah. we, um, we're very excited to be chatting to you. We've got a couple of minutes left. I want you to tell us what a typical tour with you in encompasses and what your message is out there for our listeners who are wanting to come and experience the workup and some some heritage cuisine well my tour in general is i normally combine my tour with my cooking classes and um the tour is i take the people through the colorful of the book up tell them about the history uh, a little bit of our community um, what uh, what type of community we are, where we come from, our heritage and things like that. Then I show them a bit of the past of the uh, of the book up. Our book up used to look, come back into the future with the colorful houses and things like that. And also take them into, um, you know, tell them about the Spalanda house and then go down to Fahmi's uh, sports legend and then go... Um, just tell them about the heritage of the book up, the beautiness of our book up. The, you know, book up is a beautiful, historical um, heritage place where there are so, so much heritage. And we think book up, we just walk up Well Street and Dorf Street and things like that. But there are so much in book up to relate to the tourists about the heritage of Boca. Boca, if you go into a tour, if you spend one whole day in Boca, you will be so amazed to hear the history of Boca. And if you go to the shrines where Abdul bin Salam is lying, better known as Twanguru, his resting place, the Awa Masjid, 
the oldest masjid in 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 the Buka. Around the corner of the old masjid is um, a house that was built in 1777. Um, is now a guest house. You know all these little places and the history it plays it played in um, in our heritage. It's so amazing. So that is what I do with my guests when we go on hawking tours. Show them Yandavals, um, Tatreda, the brain's first house, which was a simple house, two rooms and a bathroom, without any bathroom. And but the grounds, Janet, is amazing. Truthers, my heart goes booms and booms when I see it. But yeah, um, it's so amazing the amount of land those people have got. Um, is one massive big house now, but the history. Then we go come up to Roxel, we go into um, the spice shop and, you know, tell them about the spices, the benefits of our spices and things like that. Come back to my home and then we um, do the cooking class. There is also some history in it where you, you, you tell them where does your heritage come from. My personal heritage, my love for food comes from my family, from my great-grandmother to mm -hmm. till now. Um, my mom's elder sister had the first Cape Malay Indian restaurant in District 6. Um, you know, so... So my, there's quite a long heritage there, Faldila. And what can we expect to cook when we when we meet up with you? Okay. Um, the majority of the people would like a curry, a chicken curry with roti, samosas, and um, chili bites, but I also do popotis, I do stews, tomato stew, bean stew, you know, whatever people want. And then I also, um, during the month of Ramadan, people would like to experience the iftar with us in our homes. Then I do that. Sometimes they come for a cooking class, they say later, um, then I do the cooking class in the afternoon. They come to the house, they sit and wait, we just wait for half an hour before we eat. And then they also experience the the, the, the sense of giving, whereas <laughs> our children goes with, um, so take the, the, the plate of something to the neighbor. And sometimes they even go with us, with the children, to take the, the, the plate of something to the people to experience that. So when you come to me, I teach you the Cape Malay cuisine, whichever your request. Sometimes it's biryani, sometimes it's akani popota, different types of curries with roti. You know, it literally depends on you. But I can tell you, it's an experience of a lifetime. I don't believe in doing serious cooking classes. I like to have fun. And um, I normally tell my people, we have babies, we have love affairs, and we take revenge. And that's the icebreaker. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> In that order, girl. And uh -huh. then we, we, we just have fun. We, you know, we literally have fun. Wonderful. And I just love people to come into my house. I like to get to know the people. And my motto in life is nobody must tell me that we are VIPs because everybody that walks over my doorstep is a VIP. No matter that's who you wonderful. are. wonderful. You can be King George or Lady Diana, play a little Mayor Solaris in peace, or the person sweeping the street or cleaning the toilet. And the minute you walk over my doorstep, you are a VIP. I treat you with the same respect, with the same love and tenderness that you would treat everybody else. 
That's a beautiful philosophy to have, Faldila, and and thank you for sharing what it's the Trip Malay experience is like. We really uh, we really appreciate it. And how can our listeners get in touch with you if they want oh, to book um, a cooking course? I am on Facebook, on Instagram mm -hmm. as Cooking with Love Three, or they can phone me on um, Hello. Yes, we hear Faldila on oh eight one two seven three. 4109. Yes. yes. So it's 0812734109. Faldila, yes. what, what a pleasure chatting to you this, this afternoon. It's been great fun. And uh, I'm sure our listeners are going to be looking forward to an experience of traditional Cape Malay cuisine. Thank you for sharing the heritage and thank you for sharing the story. Much appreciated. It's a pleasure. It was Take nice care. speaking to you also, Janet. Okay. It's a pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. We're chatting this afternoon with Nolukanyu Dubekele, also known as Nolu. And, uh, you know, we've been hearing in the industry more and more about the Seven Colors Eatery. And we're very pleased to have Nolu with us. She is passionate. She's a self-confessed foodie. And that always makes for a great combination when you're chatting to a chef. Nolu hails from the Eastern Cape and um, founded Seven Colors Eatery. Uh, which has become her platform for sharing the diversity and the culture and heritage associated with traditional food from her culture. And she's going to be sharing what that is is like. But first, she's going to tell us about her journey from the Eastern to the Western Cape that brought her to our fair shores. Nola, welcome to Jet Setting with Janet. I see that you're a graduate of, the K of CPUT, the Hospitality Management School, and that uh, you've come here from the Eastern Cape. Tell us about that journey. Uh, so, as you know, uh, coming from the Eastern Cape, it's a small uh, city. Firstly, I was born um, in Ekala, which is a rural village. Um, and because of studies, my mom moved us to a small town called East London, um, where I completed my primary and high school. Um, after high school, you obviously when you get to grade 12, you have to decide what it is that you want to do with your life. Um, and with myself coming from a family that did not have uh, uh, many graduates or a family that had not seen uh, doctors, nurses, um, and teachers, I was encouraged by my family to at least become a doctor or a lawyer. Um, and <laughs> it sounds like an Indian family, Nolu, because we are all encouraged to become doctors, lawyers. Yes. Yeah, no, I definitely went through that whole scenario <laughs> where your family um, wanted you to become a doctor or, or a lawyer. Um, but then that was not something that I really wanted to do. Um, and what, what, what would happen is we would have career days at school and, mm -hmm. um, the inspiration would be follow what you love the most, you know, do something that makes your heart tick. Um, and for me, cooking made my heart tick from a very, very young age. I enjoyed being in the kitchen and coming from a humble home where my mom worked a lot and we lived in a flat um, from already from the age of eight. I got tired of eating sand, like just 
peanut butter and jam. <laughs> I wanted to eat something more exciting. So I asked them to teach me how to make at least my own eggs. And in no time, I was uh, making different kinds of eggs. Unlike where my sister would just fry them and just put salt, I was adding all kinds of ingredients and searching my mom's um, uh, a pantry. Uh, so, yeah, so that uh, cook, cooking was my passion. But around me, I had no one to really follow to, to, to say, okay, now that you love cooking, what are you going to become? You know, um, and I mean, because around me, most people were uh, pursuing being a doctor and uh, being a lawyer. Those um, well paying, yes. secure <laughs> jobs that. Um, made sure we didn't go poor. You know, in, in retrospect, I understand, understand why our parents did that because they mm. were so afraid of us needing, you know. Yes, yes. So they, they want, encouraged us. Um, yes, they wanted to ensure that we had better lives than them. Um, yes. So, yes. yeah, but it, uh, to cut a, a long story short, um, I, I uh, being at school and exposed to career guidance, I realized there was something called hospitality management. And uh, it sounded super fancy for my family. Fancy mm -hmm. enough that I got the tick to go and study this unknown um, uh, unknown uh, di diploma. Um, and obviously, my mom would ask me, what are you going to become? No, I was like, no, I'm going to work in the top hotels. Uh, around the world uh, so I got you imagine that hospitality was glamorous <laughs> yes yeah. about the long hours lack of sleep yeah, yeah. very and, much uh, difficult customers <laughs> that's correct so that's essentially how I came to Cape Town I came to Cape Town to pursue uh, that uh, diploma yeah. wonderful so now, Nolu, Seven Colors Eatery, it's, you know, everybody's talking about it. Tell us where you are and what this Seven Colors Eatery is all about. Okay, so Seven Colors uh, in itself is a concept that is found in many traditional South African homes, mostly the, uh, the Black uh, communities and some colored communities uh, from the Northern Cape and Gauteng province. It really represents a Sunday lunch. And it's just, I think it's something all of us South Africans do. Uh, the only difference is that we don't call it seven colors. Um, mm -hmm. uh, seven colors is a plate of food, which uh, normally also consists of uh, protein. Um, it also consists of vegetables, salads, and a starch of some sort all on one plate. So it's uh, basically a Sunday feast. And it uh, inspired me to, um, to call my business Seven Colors Eatery because I wanted all those emotions and all those feelings that um, people get when they eat a Sunday meal. I wanted people to feel them when they eat uh, my food. I wanted them to feel home. I wanted them to feel unity. I wanted them to uh, know that is as much as you can have all these different things in one plate, but um, essentially when they come together, they make you uh, super happy. So this is a concept that has inspired most of the work that I do, and it carries a lot of um, 
messages uh, for me and it guides uh, the work that I do. Uh, I started the business off as a catering company. I went to mm-hmm. markets um, and uh, I delivered food in people's homes. Even though I was doing all those different things, um, uh, ultimately the goal was to own my own space where I would welcome people. And that's currently what I'm doing now. I have a restaurant which is located um, at the waterfront, uh, Battery Park, uh, which is not right in the hustle and bustle of the waterfront, but just slightly um, just outside as you're coming into Dock Road. Uh, we have a Opposite beautiful... the marinas, right? Yes, that's the one. And we have mm-hmm. a beautiful um, sort of area where we are along the canal and oh, around... wonderful. Yeah, around us there are different um, activities. Yeah, so no, no, Lou, that's, that's I where see, we are. I see that you've also won an award for being the most Instagrammable <laughs> Well, <laughs> who is that from? <laughs> well, when when I started anything like uh, what I do, um, so I had attended one uh, a festival. It was a very popular food uh, festival at the time, and I had a, a seven color plate. But this seven color plate was obviously colorful. But it also incorporated uh, traditional South African food. So I guess that uh, attracted a lot of people and I won that award. (laughs) That's amazing. And I see that you also offer nice things like curbside pickup, no contact delivery, and you do outside catering. So you've got quite a vast service offering. Oh, yes, I do. I do. Um, So we have different things that we do at the moment. uh, Our restaurant is only open for five months. So we very much uh, focus on on the restaurant. But uh, people can always WhatsApp or or, or send us an email for any private uh, uh, bookings or private. Not everybody has the time to cook the a kind of food that uh, we serve on a seven colors plate. Uh, so some of our uh, clients will contact us for their catering needs, um, whether they're hosting a few friends or um, they're just lazy to cook that evening and we'll be happy to assist them. Uh, in the, yeah, in the evenings, we also do uh, private dinings um, uh, at our restaurant. So uh, if you have a couple of friends and you want to host a party, we close down the restaurant and uh, we do private events in the evenings uh, at a beautiful location. Now, I'm loving that I can see things like Shisanyama on the menu. Mm. There's Nklekwa uh, on the menu. You know, mm. it's things that we, we recognize um, and it's, uh, it's very popular dishes. I'm more on the Infino side. <laughs> I'm loving the red sorghum grain salad. I'm not a big meat eater, but mm. there's something for everybody on your menu. Of course, the the creamy samp is something we grew up with. And um, uh, there's lots of variety here. So is it a menu where one can sort of, you know, pick and eat? Is it communal mm. dining or is it mm. plated? How does it work? 
Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Janet, there's something for everybody. Uh, on a daily basis, we have a daily menu, which is found at our restaurant. Um, and we mix and match all those uh, different uh, dishes from our meats. We don't always cook the same meat product. Um, our vast vegetarian dishes and then we always have vegetables and salad. And then whenever you want to host a um, an, an, an event, we give you the option to pick and choose, or if you want us to cook something in particular for you, if you let us know 24 hours in advance, we're happy to cook those products. That's wonderful, Nalu, that you are flexible and you're happy to accommodate and... Uh just looking at some of the pics on social media, I see people, some very happy people eating <laughs> your food. So that's always a good sign. Yes. And, uh, you know, the variety, the focus on the, on the salads and the, and the vegetarian dishes is, mm. is also very heartwarming because people just assume that the South African, is, traditional South African is just meat. Correct. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and this is great because you're doing some really nice, I see there's a retro salad, so you're really bringing your excitement, your passion, and your youth to these beautiful new, um, you know, almost like a remixed version of old um, recipes. Mm. But that's mm. uh, also exciting because it does, you know, excite the palate. It makes one, um, you know, settles that, that um, need for traditional things, but also satisfies our... Mm. exploratory, the health. Uh, you know, the health benefits, etc. Mm. So it's a wonderful combination and I'm loving what I'm seeing. It's yes. really yes. something to watch out for and being only five months old and in that great location, there mm. definitely is a need for this kind of, um, of establishment. So that's wonderful. And uh, I think that you, it's really going to grow um, we have limited choices when it comes to traditional African cuisine yeah. in the West. Yeah, correct. That's and correct. Hoping, hoping that, uh, uh, you know, some of those, uh, some of those tourist buses are going to end up at Battery Park mm. and that uh, you're going to be able to capture this audience. It's a combination of tourism, corporate and, uh, you know, mm. just people coming to experience date night or evening mm. celebrations or special events with friends, etc. So that's uh, that's wonderful. Before we say goodbye to you, is there something you'd like to share with us about maybe an experience at the restaurant or a must-have on your menu? Because I'm definitely going to head there. I'm, you know, I love <laughs> the traditional things and I love my food as fresh as possible. Yeah, definitely going to be heading your way. But for our listeners, what can well, you expect to well, see on this menu? Most people have a misconception about uh, tripe. Uh, tripe is a basically the tummy lining of uh, any animal. Mm -hmm. And uh, most South Africans, when they look at the tribe that the Africans or the black South Africans eat, uh, they call it duck tribe and they think it's not delicious. I have to say that we make the best tribe uh, in Cape Town. 
um, with the simple uh, granny's recipe. So I would advise, even if people are very skeptical of trying, be adventurous and give it a try. And then another thing, for, another thing I would say people can look forward to is trying out mabele or uh, sorghum, right? Mm -hmm. Sorghum is an indigenous uh, grain. It's native to Africa and uh, South Africa. And we grew up eating it as porridge or sour porridge. We have a delicious salad uh, for the vegetarian and vegan um, uh, crowds. So I would definitely say that is not, those are the two things uh, people should try out. It's things that uh, we created. You don't, uh, they're not so popular um, uh, to find in many uh, other restaurants. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, something for the adventurous, the tribe, mm -hmm. fun memories of tribe cooking in my home. And my mother, you know, literally, I think all of our parents used every last piece of everything. Yeah. was able to make a meal out of it. So fun memories of tribe. Haven't had it in a long time. And I think that um, Seven Colors is a good place to, to start to reintroduce uh, tribe into my uh, cuisine. Yeah. And then uh, beautiful vegetarian options as well. So lots and lots to experience at Seven Colors Eatery. Nolu, someone to watch at Seven Colors Eatery as she unfolds all this beautiful African cuisine in the Western Cape. And certainly an amazing transition and an amazing journey for Nolu coming from the Eastern Cape and claiming prime space, Nolu, at yeah. Battery Park. It's really, you know, it uh, gives me goosebumps because that's what uh, us women must do. We must claim space. And uh, when we do, we mustn't just claim any space. We claim the prime spots. Most so well definitely. done. I'm very happy on that. And I wish you and the team all the best. Um, we'll catch up with you in a couple of months and see where Seven Colors Eatery is at. Thank you so much, Janet. <laughs> Wonderful chatting to you and all the best. Bye. Bye. So I have uh, Faslin Ferguson here with me with some Kusistas, not to make you guys jealous, but yeah, it looks delicious. Um, and in between the breaks, I must say that I uh, I succumbed to one of them. So there's, a, there's some left now on the plate. And Faslin is really, I mean, a very special recipe. It captures all of the flavors of... Um, what is the best kusista? Um, beautiful aniseed, lots of coconut, a mysterious and delightful syrup that isn't too sweet, that isn't too dry. It just hits the perfect spot. So I'm in seventh heaven. I think everybody at the CTICC is going to be extremely jealous uh, when I walk out with this plate of kusistas and I ain't sharing it with anybody. Um, Faslin, welcome. How wonderful to see you again. Thank you, Janet, and thanks for the opportunity to be interviewed. It's a big pleasure, um, Faslin. You know, Faslin recently, I saw Faslin recently because we were both part of a culture and heritage tourism workshop. I was facilitating and Faslin was doing an immersive experience teaching people how the traditional kosista is made and we all came away with a packet of spice which every time I open my grocery cupboard 
just infuses my senses because uh, I need to find time use that spice and make some of my own kusistas but then i also think about it and i say now why do i need to when faslin does it best because it is amazing faslin you are a tour guide you've been operating in the boerkop area and you're part of a network of women called uh, women neighbors in business uh, a taste of the boerkop so you wear quite a few hats besides making these amazing kusistas you're a women-owned company. You've created employment for your daughter. You've created employment for some neighbors. And how wonderful to be with school friends again, because some of them are now working with you. I think it takes a good couple of years off when you can um, engage with your friends from school because you can reminisce about fond, fond memories. So, Faslin, there's uh, a lot of cuisine out there. What makes... Um, your taste of Boerkarp so special? Janet, as you said, the Cusister. So you get a Cusister and you get a Cusister. So ours is an authentic Cape Malay Cusister. You can find a Cusister everywhere else in Cape Town. Around Cape Town, on the outskirts of Cape Town, on the Cape Flats, but you do not find that authentic Cape Malay sister that comes from Taste of Buka. Mm -hmm. So besides the sister, are there other things that you make? Yes, of course. Women neighbors in business trading as Taste of Buka. We do Cape Malay cuisine, so anything you think you can think about Cape Malay food. Whether it is a snook biryani, whether it is your Cape Malay uh, pickled fish, whether it is your babuati with your sweet yellow rice, with your sultanas, mm -hmm. anything that you can think of, a samosa, a chili bite, a spring roll, um, your booba, uh, what I usually what we usually do is we serve a spiced rooibos tea to our guests mm -hmm. in house, and we serve a a water flavored water that is homemade. So that's the start of the tour, right? Or is it the? No, it's not the start of the tour. The 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 tourists. They they request what they want. Mm -hmm. So if they say they want a samosa experience, um, remember we are also strictly halal. Correct. So we do not cook with pork or any pork products. Mm -hmm. It is strictly halal uh, meat that we cook with, or fish or chicken. So the tourists will request, I want a samosa experience. And then we would ask, what is your dietary requirements? Because not everybody eats beef mince. Not everybody eats chicken. We have mm -hmm. vegetarians. We have pescatarians. And according to that request, we will do that samosa experience. Um, on another occasion, the tourists will request, well, show us how to make roti and curry. And uh, again, we will ask, what is your 
your dietary requirements. Okay, we want to cook with lamb. And we would make a beautiful lamb curry mm -hmm. with roti, with the onion sambal. Um, if if they're lucky and we have homemade acha, we will we will put it on the table and Salute serve that. As well. And the, uh, the guests will make the food. We will show them, instruct them what to do, and then they get to sit down and they get to enjoy that meal at the table. Now, this whole experience, Faslin, you know, you're bringing people into your home, you're bringing people into your space. You really are sharing your culture and your heritage in a very direct way. Um, what does it mean for you? Do you find that it is, obviously you enjoy it, otherwise you wouldn't do it, but do you find that every time a group comes that it revives you? Do you get tired of all the people traffic? What is the experience like for you? Janet, the experience for me and the other women are, first of all, it's an income for the women, including mm -hmm. myself, including my daughter. Secondly, that people, that tourist that comes into the house, they become friends. Some of them becomes like family because we stay in contact. Yes. And they go onto the Facebook page and they give it likes and they see that we are uh, operating all the time. Um, Taste of Bookup not only operates from, from the house in Bookup, where I live, we also do street trading. So we will go out on the Sunday and you can check our Facebook page, WNIB Taste of Bookup. It says Sundays with Fuzzland. Then I go out and I go because the tourists flock into Bukup and mostly the bottom part mm -hmm. of Bukup, which is Well Street, where the colorful houses are, Rose Street and Kapini Street. So what I then do is I take that Cape Malay food out to the streets. Wonderful. And yes, and uh, the, the tour guides, because I'm also a tourist guide and they know me, they come and they bring the groups to me. So I will introduce and I will I will give them a little lesson of this is a samosa, this is how a samosa is made, the samosa is filled with that, this is the kusista, this is the chili bite, so on and so on and so on. And then, then the group buys, they buy, whether they buy one item, whether they buy three items or a bag full. So you will see on the Facebook page how even local tourists, Joe Burgers, And of Joe course, Benites, I'm sure you have the regulars who know you're going to be there. And they come to get their Sunday tea, kusistas, yes, or their yes, meal. Yes, exactly so. So uh, we just finished off Ramadan, which was a month long. And believe you me, Sunday pass was the first Sunday that I did street trading again. And I had people coming and saying, but we've been here every Sunday coming for our sisters and you weren't here. And I said, please, you need to excuse me. But it was Ramadan and we mm -hmm. were fasting and um, we have such a lot to do in Ramadan that uh, unfortunately I could not trade, but I am here now. And um, I love people, Janet. I know. So... <laughs> So people coming to the table in Wall Street where I do the street trading, 
we build some type of relationship, you know, where I take pics of of the tourists, local and international, and tourist guides, and I post it on the Facebook page, and they actually ask me, where are you going to post this? And I said, I'm going to post it on WNIB Taste of Polka uh -huh. Facebook page, and they go there, and they see the pic, and they give it a like. Other than that, also, we also do catering. We've done a wedding, catering for a wedding for the famous Ipsan Adams, which mm -hmm. is the artist that exhibits at the silo now. Okay. A few years ago, he was a he was the winner of the Standard Bank Young Artist Award. How so wonderful! We did a wedding for for one of his relatives. I think it was his sister. And then also we, uh, you know, people are welcome to go on the Facebook page. The, the contact number is on there, the email address. Unfortunately, we're not on Instagram. We're only on Facebook and WhatsApp. So we are open to you requesting, can you come to our house? Can you show us with our friends in the house how to do a some experience, how to do how to do a biryani or whatever you whatever you think of that that is Cape Malay food. Trotters with tomato. Another old favorite. Very you old know, parents favorite. couldn't afford yes. uh, the best cuts of meat. They yes. couldn't afford chicken, but these were cheap. Yes. And it was a source of protein and it was done so beautifully. Yeah. So um so trotters with tomato. Um, which not everybody knows how to make that pot of food because it's, as you said, very old-fashioned. Um, track curry, um, a lung breedy, cheap lung breedy. Okay, now nice. that I've never had. You've not had a lung breedy? No, yeah, that's new. Well, new I, to me, grew, but an old favourite, I'm sure. Yes, I grew up with that type of food. And then what I wanted to say is, the business has been inspired by my two grandmas. So my one grandma was pure Indian. She came from Alipur in India. Mm -hmm. She came to settle in Cape Town. She married a Cape Malay man. Mm -hmm. And that's my maternal grandma. So she was the best of cooks. She made the best of foods and she would lay this long table with all different types of foods that she made. With it, a minced curry with peas and your your rutis, a roast chicken, biryani, various foods, whether it's offal like the like the tripe curry or the trotters with tomato. Um, she made all that foods and it was laid out on one long table on a Sunday and we all sat around the table and that is what I miss nowadays. Because that type of sitting down and eating and coming together and, and just sharing an evening, you know, people yes. are sitting there, they eat quickly or they're eating on the go, they're yes. eating with their phones in their hand, it's not quite the same. No. So I love that you're doing that and that you're encouraging that because we need to go back to that. You know, people really engage with each definitely. other when you sat across from each other sharing a meal. It's just wonderful. And I have so many photographs of the family. We had a 12-seater table because we were eight. 
and there was always someone joining the meal and all these big pots and we were seated according to the height of course for a long time i was the last one at the end of the table because i was the baby in the family and um we knew that at seven o'clock we had to meet in the dining room there was nobody who had a different plan or somebody who wasn't going to be available we ate together as a family and i think that that actually is the glue that keeps families together is being able to share and close the day off with a meal and a conversation most definitely most definitely i do agree with you so my paternal grandma was from district six and i need to say this that I grew up and I, today I feel that I'm one of some very lucky people, a few lucky people that grew up between Bukab and District 6. So my paternal grandma was a baker. Mm -hmm. And then I inherited that baking skills from her. So I love baking. Fantastic. So what are your specialties? We have a few minutes left. And um, I want for baking, to... it would be a date and walnut loaf mm -hmm. and a fruit cake with all those lovely fruits fruit. and all those nuts and all that lovely stuff. And that I make for Eid, for the two Eids. Um, By the way, when is the next so... Eid? There's lots of debate on whether it's the 29th or the 30th. Yeah, it's about three months from the date when we had our first aid. Okay. Yeah. Um, WNIV Taste of Uka. It's a business that's been growing for eight years. Phenomenal. So no order is too small or too big. Or too big because yeah. you have that amazing network yeah. of women who can come together and prepare what's necessary. Yes, and um, everybody is skilled in cooking. So if I'm not around, I could say to the neighbor, you start doing that pot of food. I could say to my daughter, you do that. Mm -hmm. And I could be in an interview like with you now. Absolutely. Yeah, um, we have customers that's in Joburg that orders for sisters. And, and you courier it to them or they collect. Um, at the moment, we have one order that's going out on Friday morning, and this is a lecturer um, that is going to come and pick it up from the house and is flying on Friday morning, is flying back to Joburg. So that is how popular the position is. How wonderful. Faslan, you're is. becoming a national sensation. Now, before we say goodbye to you, Faslan, when we come to you on this cooking experience, what is the thing that you most enjoy doing? What I enjoy most doing, Janet, is to, to speak to the guest, mm -hmm. to welcome the guests in the house, to make them feel comfortable, and then to speak to them about the heritage of Uka, of where I grew up. I grew up just a bit further down the road, and now I live up the road. So I would say, I would tell them that my heritage in Buka are so rich that if I take you in one of the oldest streets in Dorp Street, that is where my great-grandfather and mother lived at 85 Dorp Street. How wonderful. If I take you to Spolenda House, which is a national monument, a heritage site, 
And will you believe me if I say that my mother's cousin that is 97 years old is still living in Oh Vietnam. my goodness. We have to go and do a visit. Yes, we can. We can do a visit there. And that the furniture, some of the furniture that is there was made by, by my mother's cousin's father. He was a cabinet maker mm -hmm. and he made furniture, handmade furniture for Parliament of South Africa. So Amazing. So many, so many creative in industries and so much heritage and tradition in the family, Faslin. Very rich. I'm heritage. so looking forward to spending an afternoon with you just walking around and seeing the Boer Carp and the Cape through your eyes because I think it brings a very interesting perspective and something that uh, all of our listeners would be interested in doing as well. Faslin, how do we book a tour with you, just for our listeners' benefit? You go onto the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. There's an email address. You can send an email. There's a contact number, 079 number, 1842837. You can phone, you can WhatsApp, WhatsApp on that number as well. Wonderful. So that is, uh, that is how you can contact The best way to, to contact to you. Yes. Wonderful. Faslan, it's been so fantastic spending the afternoon with you. Thank you for my co-sisters. Always amazing to see you. And every time I have a conversation with you, I learn something new. And I see a different dimension to the very interesting Faslan Ferguson. So thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having me and thank you for having our business. It's much Big appreciated. Pleasure. Big pleasure. This weekly travel program, Jet Sitting with Janet, is proudly sponsored by MLT Car Hire and Tours. Are you looking for a highly professional, established vehicle rental service? Look no further. MLT Car Hire and Tours delivers on service excellence and competitive prices. Log on to mltcarhireandtours.co.za for their full range of benefits or MLT Car Hire and Tours on Facebook.